0: episode we'll be talking about blondie parallel lines on the line i have rob don't you go leaving
1: me hanging on the telephone guy <laughs> ben
0: did you know that cool rhymes with fool <laughs> john i know now <laughs> fade away and kyle i'm ready hi there <laughs> parallel lines is the third studio album by american rock band blondie it was released in september 1978 by chrysalis records the producer was Mike Chapman the genre is rock power pop and new wave and i'm going to read from all music review william Ruhlman. Blondie turned to British pop producer Mike Chapman for their third album on which they abandoned any pretensions to new wave legitimacy and emerge as a pure pop band but it wasn't just Chapman that made Parallel Lines Blondie's best album it was the band's own songwriting including Debbie Harry Chris Stein and James Destrie's Picture this and Harry and Stein's Heart of Glass and Harry and new bass player Neil Harrison's One Way or Another plus two contributions from non-band member Jack Lee Will Anything Happen and Hanging on the Telephone. That was enough to give Blondie a number one on both sides of the Atlantic with Heart of Glass and three more UK hits. But what impresses is the album's depth and consistency. Album tracks like Fade Away and Radiate and Just Go Away are as impressive as the songs pulled for the singles. The result is a state-of-the-art pop rock uh, circa 1978 with Harry's Tough Girl glamour setting the pattern that would be exploited over the next decade by a host of successors led by Madonna. All right. What do we think of Blondie Parallel Lines? Iconic record. That's some good soup. It's good soup. (laughs) This is amazing pop. Ah, pop and rock
2: so good but it's got it's got a little edge to it which is awesome Uh, things i hadn't heard before until hearing it this listen through with it in my headphones
0: what kind of edge do are you talking about
2: well like so it'd be easy to dismiss it as just pure pop or especially like heart of glass is on the edge of disco and then there is like a full-on disco version Uh, but that disco version is not on this one but like Throughout that, especially on uh, one way or another, you're hearing Harry's delivery, and it's got like almost a – not guttural, but she's got a back-of-the-throat growl in some of her delivery. And then it's interesting in the styling. It's almost as if you can split it in your headphones. Uh, at the end of one way and another, you'll be hearing her pop delivery in your right headphone, and you'll be hearing her punk delivery in your left headphone when she's doing her growl, and it's, it's awesome. So there's still there's still touches of like sneer and and menace.
1: Yeah, um, a lot of that was due to uh, this new producer that they brought in. Um, and what is his name? What Mike Chapman's name. Mike Chapman. Yeah, uh, he was a uh, he was an Australian, I think, and uh, was living in L.A. Uh, Debbie Harry did not want to work with him because he was to L.A. and they were a New York band. Um, but him coming in and doing the production on it, like he kind of concentrated like he he he, the stuff that he was telling debbie harry to do was to be you know as articulate like you know that put the accents where the accents need to be and like uh just like articulate the words like in in you know certain ways um which fucking you know we're listening to one way or another right now and yeah like the way that she's delivering these lyrics are fucking cool
0: (laughs) you know chapman's uh chapman's willingness to push the band i think is you're right, probably makes this record a little more polished, a little more together. I mean, it. I'd read numerous accounts of uh, he brought uh, Debbie Harry to tears from time to time because he was pushing so hard and that he really, he, he recalled that the band was notoriously difficult to work with because they were a little, they thought, well, we're just a band. We'll just play it how we play it. And he said, you know, he pushed them Just like the Kiss Destroyer album by Tony Visconti to say, no, you guys need to learn your instruments and play it correctly. Otherwise, it's not going to sound as good. Like, like just do it right and we'll get it done Um, and just kind of drove them again and again to to get everything to be perfect. So, yeah, bassist uh, Nigel uh, Harrison became so frustrated. Frustrated with him that he threw a synthesizer at him during the recording, uh, and there was those heavy. Uh, yeah, it was just a lot of like, uh, it was it was hard to to do that. I mean, I think Chris Steinman and Blondie were on board to to have that sort of perfection and that that sound because they had already had a couple of albums, and they they needed something to break through.
1: Yeah, and and breakthrough they did. Uh, hanging on the telephone is a great nerves cover. Uh, ben, you're the one yep. that introduced me to the nerves, right?
3: Oh Pretty yeah, sure. and that was the you know what we say about the first time your first introduction to a song. You, you might you might prefer it, and I do prefer the nerves version of hanging on the telephone. I, I love that nerves album, and I love their their original rendition of hanging on the telephone. I, I don't know. I, I Sometimes in general, I, uh, I have I've never been that fond of Debbie Harry as a vocalist. She kind of falls flat on my ears sometimes uh, like her oh. is. And it's not necessarily her voice, because I think that the quality of your voice does not necessarily... I I can think of other, other vocalists who maybe don't have the great enough, uh, uh, that great of a voice, but their delivery and their personality really makes it pop. And I, uh, I don't know. I I don't, I don't dislike Debbie Harry, but it just, it it just always feels flat to me. Like I don't feel like she's in it. And uh, specifically with hanging on the telephone, I kind of when she, what she's delivering, I'm not necessarily buying. And then uh, I don't know. I, I don't. I also have trouble believing that anyone's ever left Debbie Harry hanging on the telephone.
0: Honestly, <laughs> I think it's the affectation. Like, <laughs> I I understand what you're saying because she does have a certain affectation that if you, it feels, uh, sort of a, a mono. What would you say? Mono. It it has a very mono- monotone. Yeah. Esque element to it that she carries through songs it can work on some songs but other songs it does sound doesn't quite fit in but as a performer i I don't know if you've seen her or seen videos of her but she is a fantastic performer i mean it's it's the same thing that i feel like we had oh yeah with patty smith where listening to the albums are are hard to uh, pick up on a lot of you know the band and and what's what's all going on and yeah seeing her perform is 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 really uh something it, but you're right i i do have that from time to time i'll listen be listening to even on uh one way or another i'll listen to that song and be like is is her is she really into this song or There's like
3: a detachment there.
0: It it, it is but it's an interesting delivery that i've come to i think accept it, it it's not something that uh is typical and I think it works really well on songs like Fade Away and Fade Away and Radiate. It, it that, that detachment like really works for me on a song like that.
3: I hear that, yeah.
4: I can't believe there are so many uh Deborah Harry haters in here. Guys, <laughs>
3: <laughs> I'm not a hater. What are you about? Are you <laughs> kidding? There's so many? I
4: what oh, the way. hell are you guys talking about? <laughs> I mean
2: uh, it's
3: not I art the a a
4: artist subjective, but dude, it's, it's Debbie Harry, it's parallel life. <laughs> <laughs> um, Kyle, I love this record. Rob.
1: Man, it I Rob. you know what? Oh, fuck this. Man, here it, last, last time we talked about this, I, I don't believe I said any of these things. The only thing I can recall ever doing to you is reciting the rap lyrics to Rapture, which by <laughs> all Oh they're oh, you are me so terrible.
4: Remembering sucks. <laughs> they're
2: dog shit. Yeah. <laughs>
4: No. I don't even uh, know what song you're talking about. What? Rob, Rob. What did I do? Yes, I
2: do. What
4: did I do? Uh, Auto American, that record by Blondie? Yeah. Uh you used to go to parties and be like, hey, you like Blondie? You like their lyrics? I love you, baby. Give me a beer. Oh yeah, I guess I did do You that. used to say that <laughs> a lot. I went to three right. distinct parties. You were like, hey guys, you like you know like Debbie Harry? I love baby. <laughs> me oh, Kyle, the things that I did as a youth. Is, hey, you those, got mad at me for yelling lyrics? David Bowie lyrics to you in a van? I, I a intentionally didn't listen to
1: David Bowie because I didn't want you yelling the lyrics at me, you son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't want your little here you are. popping up in between the van seats with your, your little, your little <laughs> fist clutched. <laughs> Directly next to me, singing along.
2: There uh, you are, Artie. This, this is therapy, goddamn it. Hey, hey you, guys, you guys like Bondi?
3: You
2: guys like Teddy Harry? Huh? That the song in our cans, Fade Away and Radiate, is pretty good. Yeah, it's, yeah. Beautiful. it's beautiful. Astonishing song. You got Frip on guitar. It's got this weird, like gothy kind of sound. Clam Dark. Yeah, rock. I'm man, I'd never that heard of it. Frip solo
1: is
4: insanity.
1: Yeah,
2: I'd never heard this. What song. a busy year he's
1: having.
4: Frip solo. Yeah, he's he's world. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I went Fripper and sought and out like live versions from. of Fade Away and Radiate. Such a good song.
3: Kyle, what's your favorite song on this album?
4: Uh, ooh,
0: probably Fade Away and Radiate.
3: Yeah, same.
0: Wow. That's impressive because, I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of hits on yeah, here. Every, every single 20 million
2: copies sold of this album, and the, the song I like best is the one that is not one of the singles. It was not a big hit. I just, I don't know. There's something about it.
1: Yeah. It ooh. grabbed me. It's a great song. Hey, Kyle, I saw that you also have a copy of Parallel Lines in front of you. Do you have the version where the uh, the jacket has the lyrics to the song Parallel Lines that does not exist on this record? If you do, you got yourself a first pressing.
0: Yeah, I thought that was uh, fantastic that we... There was another album I'm, I'm blanking on it right now. Oh, there it is. There you go. Yep, hey, there it nice. is. Hey. It has... An allusion to a song that is not on the album. It is called the it is the album title, but it is not on the album. We had an, one other uh, mm-hmm. album. I'm spacing on it right now. Every but, Queen yeah, record, heart, heart attack <laughs> oh, sheer heart attack. That's what it was. Yeah. No. So yeah. <laughs> they, <laughs> they wrote the song. They called the album that, and then did not did not include that on the uh, on the actual album. That's and always fascinating. To
3: communicate to the graphic design crew, the layout crew, apparently.
0: Yeah. I do yeah, I love the the look of the album though. Very classic, you know, sixties style and then fading them into those lines. Uh it's really cool. It's a yeah, good the, the, uh it's like, all, all the, it's like
2: nouveau mod, you know? All,
0: they did not yeah, want all the, this all the male
2: <laughs> all the male yeah. band members just like big fucking smiles and Debbie Harry in an alternating color like arms akimbo scowling
4: <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: yeah that,
1: that this one did not pass the band's test uh i think it was their manager that picked it and yeah it was, it was the right choice it's a fucking instantly iconic like cover
0: yeah i think that's it's so funny i feel like management and the producer kind of pushed them into success in a weird yeah. way <laughs> <laughs> despite their yeah, they were
3: fighting it <laughs>
0: Yeah, fights. wait so why did they take uh the lyrics
4: of this off of later pressings
3: because the song's not on the album, Kyle.
4: Get it
0: to together, family. cuts.
4: <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> what?
0: There's no way that we're, or at least for me, that I'm uh, discounting uh, Debbie Harry. She's amazing. I mean, she's one of the uh, female front women that is uh, incredible to watch. Um mm-hmm. I just I, I do hear what Benz is saying about her vocal affectation delivery from time to time. and it does stand out. I think it it takes a minute to adjust to, and then I think once you adjust to it, it's, it's great. It's unique um, because it, it is unexpected.
1: Do you even video bro?
0: Yeah, video <laughs> Fuck. Love it. She's great Are you in that too. Video
4: <laughs> I'm asking Ben. <laughs> video drone? Yeah. Yeah, the
3: movie.
4: Runenberg?
3: Oh, haven't seen it. Oh yeah, dude. Uh-oh, oh, Debbie, Debbie Harry's, Harry's so good at it. it.
1: Oh my. <laughs> uh,
4: James Woods? Yep. Oh. Hey Rob. Hey Kyle. Remember when we saw uh Videodrome back to back with deliverance in Chicago when we were like
1: yeah, that—that's that, when I ate all of Tubring's uh, burritos. Yeah, <laughs> Rob Kleider's still pissed off about it. <laughs> Seriously, I think last time that I talked to him uh, involving mastering the old record, he brought up the, uh, <laughs> the eating all the burritos <laughs> in the apartment. I was a growing boy. I was hungry. Uh man, yeah, what a what a fucking good. Damn record. And yeah, is this this has to be the only Blondie that we're getting. I, I don't think that they would put uh, auto American on it.
3: You know,
0: I think, um, uh, I think we have one more. I'll, I'll what look what at you guys for think sure. Of yeah. The song
3: we're listening to right now. I know, but I don't know. I
2: fucking love it, man.
3: Okay. Yeah. What do you guys think of track 12? Just go away.
2: The finisher. I mean, it's, it's snotty and funny. I mean, yeah, it's, I think it's a good finish. It's a, after you've got a. I, I I appreciate the goof when the goof is right and in the right place. After this whole album, I'm okay with just go away. All right.
4: Yeah, uh, Claire put on this record a lot during the summer. It's just a really good summer record. Uh, sitting on the front porch, listening to Blondie, like this record's amazing.
0: Yeah, it really is. Uh, no way mentioned either. Uh, Will anything happen? Which is a standout track. The, which, other,
3: the other Jack Lee song, right? I
0: know. Yeah. I mean, and he he came to the. Uh, to this studio, and he played it for them. I believe it was in, while they're in New York, uh, and he he kind of gave that song to them and said, "Yeah, go ahead and 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 cover this because I think he uh, appreciated the band." I thought that was so cool. That uh, yeah, he was almost homeless. Did Jack like.
3: Lee ever record a version of "Will Anything Happen?" Is it on like a Nerves album or a Jack Lee nope. project? No,
0: I thought it, he did later, but maybe I'm mistaken. I mean, the Nerves only had
4: one like four-song EP. Right,
0: right. It's not on the that Nerves. Yeah, so. they, they've got that ex-
3: extended one with all their like bedroom demos. I didn't know if it turned up as like one of those or anything.
0: No, uh, this is the only Blondie album. So, yeah. a lot of a lot of good. I would say not every Blondie album is, you know, great. Especially heading into the eighties, there was <laughs> they're not just not as good. Uh, but i do think that they there are songs on each of their albums that are really amazing songs mm-hmm. so, so this is definitely the one that stands out to me as as being the most consistent and uh you know early in their career
1: it, it's my it's my favorite of theirs um and i honestly I, I i'm not a i'm not a blondie complete completist in any way shape or form uh, but like this and the best of Blondie is kind of like, I think is is, as much Blondie as I, i necessarily need in my life. Um, but
2: yeah. Well, and this album Uh, has the heavy hitters. It has hanging on the telephone. Picture has has a few Sunday girl, heart of glass. Uh, I mean, heart of glass, I think is probably the biggest song off this album, right? Can we kind of agree on that? I mean, it's that or one way or another, they kind of compete with each other. That
1: was the breakout. Heart of glass is a breakout. Um, I mean, th- there's no Titus I.
2: Yeah, <laughs> that's
3: true, right? Which was also a cover. hmm
0: Yeah, it yeah, doesn't have Dreaming, Atomic, Rapture, Titus high. you know, but... I Call me. Th- mm, call me. Yeah, yeah, call me, yeah. So...
1: Kyle, what the fuck parties was I going to and saying that? Wait, wait, get,
0: give me the <laughs> was it still in
1: Indianapolis? I don't was hear I doing this in Bloomington? It?
3: Is that blondie lyrics that, it, that it, you'd it, be
1: it, saying um, about give me a beer? Something exciting yeah, to up Yeah, w- was that in Indianapolis or was that in Bloomington? Yes, it was in Indy. Okay, okay, all right. So I was I was a team, yeah, I was a like teen, right?
4: I love you, baby. Give me the beer.
1: God damn it. Like I'm embarrassed thinking about it. I guess that's that that was me attempting to be clever, trying to flex my 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 my, my clever clever bones. It didn't work, so were you,
2: were you negging from the game, Rob? I <laughs> guess,
1: man. Was I wearing a fedora, Kyle?
2: a <laughs> lady, <laughs> uh, uh, take your top hat and go. <laughs> all right, I did want to say,
0: album was obviously a smash success, sold more than twenty million copies worldwide. I mean, this it's it's highly regarded as a you know a breakout pop album um i found it interesting too that you know they they never really felt like they fit in with the new wave punk movement even though she has the attitude and the charisma that they were doing it in cbgbs um and i had i think up until this week i had kind of always assumed that Yeah, they're like a new wave punk band. But after reading about what they were doing, they just it wasn't it was they were caught up in that ideal by the press. It's not that they were specifically going out and saying, yeah, we're new wave, we're punk rock. It's just they were a band that was around those other things at the time. So it does have a very, you know, new wave sound with the uh, sort of attitude and. Things they're doing. Did anybody else read? I mean, I could go on and on about Debbie Harry, but I can throw a couple things You're out it. there. Uh, I found, I mean, just go and read her Wikipedia. It's like the most amazing thing. She was a go-go dancer uh, U- at Union City. She waited tables for Janis Joplin, Andy Warhol, and NYC uh, Rock Club. Uh, had a brief stint as a Playboy Bunny in L.A., Lost herself in New York heroin scene. Lived in a Harlem drug den, surrounded by armed dealers. Uh, she was almost kidnapped by the son of Sam. Uh, what? Yeah. <laughs> uh, read about Berkowitz? it. Berkowitz. Yeah. <laughs> no like, shit. Like huh? she was locked in a car, and she said that the window was rolled down, and she. I, I have the context is just that. I don't know if it was confirmed that it was him, but someone tried to, you know, kidnap her. And she, I guess she recognized that it was someone that looked very much like uh, Berkowitz. Um, she also, you know, was a self-proclaimed New York Dolls groupie. Uh, she, uh, or sorry, Ted Bundy, not Berkowitz, sorry. Ted Bundy uh oh, in okay. 1972 uh qu- oh i have the quote i got in the car and the windows were rolled up except for a tiny crack she told the daily mail and inside of the car uh was was stripped i wiggled my arm out of the window and pulled the do- door handle from the outside uh i don't know how i did it but i got out uh yeah but she has i mean there's wow. all sorts of stuff about her CBGBs. um uh and her just just kind of an interesting New York life, like a lot of uh, these artists have, where they get caught up in uh, with different people, chance meetings with different bands and people. Uh, they were given six months to record this, but they did it in six weeks. I don't know yeah, why. A- I don't know why they pushed to get it done so quickly. Maybe it was because Chapman didn't want to have any more keyboards thrown at him and just wanted to get it out you know kind of sewn up but he you know it seemed like he he really wanted to do that what
1: synthesizers were fucking heavy at this point in time (laughs) to throw a synthesizer at somebody is a like it's like throwing a table
4: Can we talk about Clem Burke for a second?
3: Let's talk about Clem
4: Burke. Uh, The drummer of this band played uh, drums for the Ramones for uh, two nights in 1987. um, When Richie Ramone was like mad that he wasn't getting t-shirt sales. And before uh, Marky came back to the Ramones, Clem Burke played two shows. And one of them is is recorded and uh, on YouTube.
3: Clem Burke's really good.
4: Yeah, he played as Elvis Ramone.
3: Elvis Ramon, Yeah. <laughs> and he's he's like he said playing for hat.
4: the Ramones was the hardest thing he'd ever done. He had like a week to get ready, and he failed. <laughs> but it's, it's super fucking fast.
3: <laughs>
4: yeah. Yeah, Johnny Ramon was like, uh, double time on the hi-hat was totally alien to him.
3: <laughs> double time on a hi-hat is hard if if you have not developed that specific muscle that does that. <laughs>
4: Yeah. In case you're not Mark (laughs) Ramone.
2: Right. I'll make an interesting commercial note that I didn't even realize because, you know, we talk a lot about the albums, the sound, the look, we talk about their success. I mean, 20 million sold six singles off this, but something that we haven't had to date is something that I didn't even really know about. Um, they sold one of their songs, heart of glass, to a song investment fund which i'd never even heard of before. So we we talk about hypnosis a lot, you know, the like uh album mm-hmm. design and everything. So there is a yeah. the company Hypnosis now has a Hypnosis Song Investment Fund where they basically as a publicly traded stock uh hold around 50,000 songs that you can, you know, uh, invest in as a publicly traded stock and they use that royalty you know, money as dividends and investment in the company itself. So it's kind of crazy. Like, so yeah, they sold heart of glass in August of 2020.
0: Huh. Interesting. So does <laughs> that, that means if you invest in it and it comes out, let's just say a movie comes out with heart of glass and then all of a yep. sudden royalties spike for it, that yeah, you- it'll,
2: it'll bump the stock price or something like right now, I think stocks at like a buck 50 or something per, per share. Uh, But say that they, you know, invested in themselves and bought more songs and then those songs somehow got into, you know, uh, exactly a soundtrack or something like that where they're bumping the royalties all of a sudden, then, yeah, you'd probably have stock price go up. Okay. Interesting.
0: So in the summer, in the summer, I need to invest in Mariah Carey's... yes song.
2: yeah christmas music yeah
0: christmas music <laughs> yeah. And, and then
1: will, will smith uh, in the summertime for your summer summer summertime yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm.
2: well you gotta invest yeah you gotta invest in the off season yeah <laughs>
0: <So>. <laughs> okay i i think the the write-up is very correct in uh saying that blondie is a she was a a face of a band that then would be taken into a lot of, um, I don't know. What would you say? Ideals of pop music front women like Madonna. Um, yeah, I guess,
2: uh, Tings. I mean,
0: (laughs) yeah, there's, it
2: it stands out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. She, she definitely has the element of, of, uh, of being a beautiful singer that is very charismatic. Um, you know,
4: I'd say this album is a, a big gateway to punk rock for
0: oh, um, people who haven't
4: listened to punk rock. I mean, yeah, one way or another, like hanging on the telephone. I mean, if you actually listen to these songs, like and never heard them before, they're they're very punk rock.
0: Yeah, you're right. Um, gateway. My parents
4: are into this record. You know. Yeah.
0: Yeah, this is definitely a album that you could just you could you know. Slide to anybody and say, here, "Here you go. This is it's pop, it's rock, it's punk, it's yeah, it's it's a lot of different things."
1: I'll say, we all like Debbie Harry. She is a video drone.
0: Yeah, watch video. Yeah, video. Please. She's a
2: video drone.
1: <laughs> Farewell to the flesh. Watch more Cronenberg. <laughs> uh, yeah, so everyone's a positive. I'm assuming.
2: Yeah, 100%, yeah, <laughs> that whole thing. Oh, you we- guys like this record?
3: I mean, I don't think I'm full positive oh, on this record. Okay, <laughs> go ahead. And tell us your story. Scandal. I mean, on paper, on paper, I love it. You know, uh, but something about in this economy, something about the sound of Blondie and and Debbie Harry's delivery just kind of falls flat on my ears. It doesn't excite me. Like I, I see, it's got the formula. I, I see why it's so popular. It's got all these elements that that contribute towards success. I, I, it's a good record and I would recommend it to people. I don't think I'd ever put it on for me though. Uh, I think that I'm kind of a neutral on this record.
0: Okay. Uh, Artist objective. Yeah. Uh, Quick question then, Ben, are there other uh, female fronted pop rock bands that remind you of Blondie, but you're very excited about?
3: I mean, there's there's definitely female fronted bands that I'm excited about, and they may have been very inspired by Blondie, but they don't necessarily off the cuff. Remind me of, of Blondie like like if I find out that uh, like if I find out that like Slater Kenny is hugely inspired by Blondie, like, oh, yeah, I could see that. I get it. But they don't necessarily remind me of Blondie.
0: OK, OK, cool. you know, all right. Uh, I think everybody else on the positive. Uh, All right. Next time we'll be talking about Ellis, Regina, Vento de Mayo. All right. Thanks, y'all.